The piece of music you're listening to is called Hong Kong Noir. That's noir as in tech noir or film noir. Genres of film that I feel suit the tone of this music quite well. I wanted to write something which showcased the slideability of the violin. Hey, you're listening to How I Make Music, a weekly show for music and audio producers to go behind the scenes of soundtrack composition and write more compelling and original music. Each week, I break down a soundtrack that I've written and share the insights and decisions behind how it was made. My hope is that it will help you to write better music. My name is John Bartman. I'm a music composer and producer from South Africa, and this is How I Make Music. I love this piece of music so much. It really takes me back to some of my favorite films, films like Blade Runner, Total Recall, and uh, anything really with a dystopian, uh, futuristic aesthetic to it. I am a violinist. I'm an adult amateur violinist, which means I practice every day. And I, every so often I put down some simple parts and incorporate them into my soundtrack productions because I love the tech noir aesthetic so much, which often has an Asian influence, pictures or scenes of an Asian metropolis somewhere in the future. I thought I'd give some traditional Asian music, or in this case Chinese music, a listen. So here's one of the pieces that inspired me. It's a fretless instrument called an erhu. Just listen to how beautiful it is. A short segment from a Chinese folk tune called Running River, performed by Liu Hong. I'll link in the show notes. So you can hear how typically Chinese that sounds, and I thought, let me try to emulate that using the violin in combination with other production tools to create a soundscape which could accompany an establishing shot of a bustling Asian metropolis sometime in the year 2060. Here's the part that I came up with and recorded with a whole bunch of reverb over the top. Very simple. To maintain the dreamy atmosphere that film often conveys, I started to layer in different violin harmonies to that part. And they're really abstract and rather random, actually. Let's give that a listen. I continued with this by then re-recording that main melody at a higher octave and repeating the harmonies at a lower octave also randomly to create this almost generative music feel. That creates a wonderful suspense and uh, dreaminess but it sort of needed to close off a bit, so I wrote a few more lines which really brought it back home to the home tone. 
listening to that after all these years of recording it, I'm uh, really proud that I'm able to achieve that. But it still needed something else. It needed backup. It needed an ambient wash going in the background to support these melody lines. So next I turned my attention to creating some ambient pad sounds. The pads start off really gentle and grow in importance and complexity as the piece goes on. It starts out with this breathy, low-key ambient synth sound. After a few moments we have a swell of that wavetable bowed sound sample. Everything is washed out in this long reverb tail with loads of delay to create space, loads of space for that violin to occupy the central role. That ambient drone wash is a composite of a number of different parts. Let's listen to them one by one. Now I'll play you three samples. These all come from the Ableton library. The first one is called Lamet, and it sounds like this. The next one is called Wavetable-like. A wavetable has a bowed quality to it. So that's a little bit sharper than the previous, and now we've got this real in-your-face pad. So I pitched those up and down and layered them until they reached a nice compromise, which is something that sounded like it was one sound, nothing was sticking out. Quite important with ambient music is to make sure that it's, it plays a background role. Nothing should be too memorable, actually. I combined those three samples provided by the Ableton library with other patches also provided by Ableton. This one is that breathy synth sound that we heard in the beginning. And the final one is a swell, which only comes along once every so often, just to create some movement in the monotony of the rest of the synths. I'll do a little demonstration I like to call a cascade. I'll play a 30 second sound and you'll hear these synths, these different layers come in one by one. Here we go. Although it's subtle, you can hear to some extent how the sound evolves, and this is so important with ambient music, keep it moving. Even though it's really washed out and rather dull actually musically, it fulfills a really important role when you're trying to create these uh, ambient soundtracks. We're seeing more and more of these ambient types of soundtracks being used in uh, film scoring. It's, film scoring has moved away from your traditional orchestra uh, melodic composition towards more uh, textured sounds. 
In 2010, the movie The Social Network came out, uh, scored by Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor, and it really shifted the bar with its use of modular synthesis and drawn-out textured soundscapes as opposed to memorable themes and character motifs. Another good example is Dunkirk by Hans Zimmer and Benjamin Wolfish. Give that a listen if you're into really immersive and uh, effectively tense ambient soundtrack composition. Great, so we've done a bunch of ambient work. We've done the violin lead. Let's give that a brief listen together to hear how the violin occupies almost the role of a human voice while the ambient sounds occupy the role of a choir singing harmoniously in the background. I thought that that combination sounded really beautiful and had just the right amount of subtlety. But it could also benefit from a little bit of uh, character, a little bit of a feature, a little bit of something that stands out a bit. So I wrote this part on a mallet instrument and listen to how it goes back and forth between your left and right ear. Instrumentation is always a factor to consider. I chose these mallets, they actually sound more like bells to me because bell instruments are quite common in uh, Asian traditional music, gamelan music specifically. So I thought let's try keep it in the same ballpark. They hopefully have the effect of um, diminishing the washiness that the pads, the pads bring this wonderful very background role. Um, but it seemed that the piece might benefit from having something a little bit more in the foreground in the space that the violin is occupying, um, but without being in the center of your head so that it doesn't clash too much with the frequencies that the violin are occupying there. So I made sure to pan them hard left and right just to kind of create that sense of space. The piece was asking for a little bit of a groove, so I added kick, snare and bass. Pretty cool stuff. I don't have too much to say about the bass and the snare, but let's just zoom in on the kick for a minute. I want to play the kick on its own. Finding the right kick for a piece of music is a total rabbit hole and you can spend your whole life looking for the perfect one. I found it helpful to stick with the Asian aesthetic that I'd created and I searched for the sound of a taiko drum. Here's a recording from the Battery 3 library of a taiko drum. Let's compare that to the kick that I ended up using, which is actually a synthesized kick by Ableton's operator instrument. Not too far off 
clearly the one I'm using has a bit more reverb, which was just accomplished by running it through a reverb pedal and actually a grain delay. But what makes it really gritty sounding, that necessary gritty live sound, is that it's also been run through a guitar amp, the amp instrument in Ableton. This blew my mind a little bit because who would ever think of running a kick drum through an amp? It's basically one of the biggest no-nos in music production. One of the things I think, think about a lot is how to break the rules, how to break the instruments. So don't be afraid to put an amp on your kick. Obviously, just make sure it sounds good. That's all we've got at the end of the day is does it sound good? So let me demonstrate what the kick sounds like first with the amp on and then without and then back to with the amp on. subtle little difference but it certainly takes it from sounding more electronic to sounding more live. Guitar amps or cabinets can make the and distortion can make something sound more organic. Well, that's about it for this week. I'm happy to have shown you another of these soundtracks and how I made it. This piece, Hong Kong Noir, is certainly not the intro to a motivational speaking podcast but it does have a definite and deliberate aesthetic to it. You could use it uh, with film scenes or moments which have uh, a yearning or maybe a loss, a wistfulness, definitely a bit of nostalgia, perhaps accompanying a barren landscape or reflection, or as I mentioned, the establishing shot for tech noir film scenes, which are typically set in some futuristic metropolis, often with an Asian influence. Examples of these kinds of films are Blade Runner 2049, Alita, Battle Angel, Total Recall, and of course, Cowboy Bebop. It was, once again, an absolute pleasure sharing my work with you. Thank you very much for listening. We'll listen to the full track in a moment, but before we do that, thanks again for listening to How I Make Music, my weekly show in which I break down an original soundtrack that I've written, and I share the insights behind how it was made so that you can make better music, or at least have an idea of what other people like us are up to. There's a new episode every Wednesday. If you like it, please subscribe, please share it, trying to get the word out. Share it with your music producer friends. I am on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as all the other places you get your podcasts. If you need fresh music for your own podcast or your own video, you can download this track, Hong Kong Noir, from my website, johnbartman.com. That's J-O-H-N-B-A-R-T-M-A-N-N.com. Go to the music page, search it by keyword, title, genre, mood, or instrument for original royalty-free soundtracks and podcast themes. Thanks again for listening. Now here's Hong Kong Noir, a dark, dystopian, violin piece with an Asian influence in its entirety. I'll catch you next week. <laughs>